doing and what God is doing at Thank Zoe you. Church. Um, love how God has given you a platform, but a voice. It's, it's, a, it's a spirit you carry, man, to, to really just be able to speak to this generation right here, man. Um, and as we lean into this, this move that God is doing at our church and in our city with Prime, um, let me just start here. As you travel literally the world, what is, in your perspective, what are some of the things that you're seeing that are consistent where young adults, young professionals, people going from, okay, I'm kind of growing up to like, yo, this is real life. Yeah. Um, where they're just kind of hitting the wall in a sense of incompletion, unpreparedness, not ready, you know, right. and what kind of stuff do you share with them to just say, look, you got to wake up and pay attention yeah. and watch this, man. Well, I think that... Um there's a moment for in all of our lives, right? I don't think that it's anything new for someone that's in their, you know, 20s to Absolutely. kind of be like, uh, is this what I want to be doing with my life as far as, you know, occupation? Is this the geography that I want to be in? I think that, you know, making life decisions and kind of coming to the place where you're like, I want to, I really want to like pivot from like, you know, I'm not a kid anymore to like, I want to start pursuing what's in my heart. I think that it's so important that we, I, th I love what you were talking about, being in community and having, you know, godly relationships and having, you know, mentors or people that you can look to. Absolutely. And so I think that when I was, you know, 24 years old, I was, you know, in, I was working at a church, but I was like, this is not the church I want to be in. This is not the city I feel like I'm called to be in. And so I started to, to kind of wrestle with some big decisions. I think when you're kind of in this age group, you start to kind of get serious about your life of going like, I really want to start putting all my energy towards something that I feel like could be I could be doing for a long time. Wow. And I feel like I, I, you, you get a little panicky because you're like, I feel like I'm wasting time here. And so I feel like, you know, the most important thing you could do is have people in your life that, you know, are really going to give you good wisdom, I love that. I good love advice, that. nothing worse than getting bad advice. You ever have that friend that they start giving you advice and you're like, No, man. <laughs> Are you really? I think, I, I think if I listen to you, I'm going to make a lot of people upset. <laughs> um, I think getting people in your world that are older than you. Yeah. When I was this age, I started meeting with this guy. We, it, you know you're meeting with somebody old when they take you for pie? <laughs> and like, my man, it's 2 p.m. And he's, 2 like, he's like, do you want apple or banana cream? I'm like, this is just awkward all around like, you're a grown man, and I'm eating pie with you, bro. I love that. And I would sit with this guy. He's, like, in his 60s, and I'd just ask him questions about life because I felt like in, in my life, as it, in my mid-20s, I was up against some stuff that I'm like, if I don't start to become a man, Absolutely. this stuff's going to catch Absolutely. up with me. Absolutely. And I, I have great parents, but there's something about receiving from somebody different than your mom and dad. Absolutely. For me, at least, I, I felt like, you know, my dad is a great coach in my life, but maybe I don't want to talk to my dad about some of this stuff. And so I started sitting down with, he's an older pastor, and, and he started helping me make some life decisions. I think, who, you know, wherever you're at, it's just really foolish to do your life on your own. The Bible says that there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. It always bothers me when somebody in the church is like, you know, I just meet with my mentor. And then like five years later, it's like, you know, my mentor told me. I was like, dude, you're still on your mentor? Wow. It's really awkward. Wow. I don't have a mentor. I have voices in my life. That's good. My parents are a voice. My pastors are a voice. 
my friends are a voice, and I choose counsel, I choose people that I admire and I respect, and are not just going to tell me what I want to hear. You know you're starting to get real in life when you stop going to the people that just tell you what you want to hear, and you go to somebody that's Come like, on. they're going to tell me what I need Come to on. hear. And, and, and I like you because you clap. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But I think what happens is you'll really stunt your growth if you just surround yourself with yes people. Hmm. I want to date so-and-so. Yeah. I want to go do this. Yeah. It's like you don't need to always hear a yeah. You need to hear somebody be like, why? Why? And then just the fact that they ask you why makes you upset. And that's a good thing right there. You know, I think that, I think that getting some people in your life that are like, going to challenge you is a good thing. I know that that's kind of so like good. counterintuitive. So good. But it's like, it's actually what we need 100%. in this time of our life. 100%. I think, I think those perspectives, again, prime, right, complete you. We all, we all have blind spots. Yeah. Right? We are, our, our peripheral is not as broad as we yeah. think it is. Um, give, can you share, like, remember 22, 23, 24 years old? Like, for me, I had some wake-up calls at 24, 25, yeah. right? Where it's just like, yo, like, life is real. Yeah. Like, this is a real bill. Yep. And this is a real wife. And this is a real house. Like, <laughs> right. you know? And, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, no, for real. Like, I wish I had awareness. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, for, at least in my experience, I felt mm. like I, I just... I, I was like zombieing, dude, like through like 20, 21, 22, just mm. not aware of my decisions. And then mm. boom, one morning it's just like, I get my adult wake up call. Like, hello, yeah, life is here. Um, what, what were some moments like that for you where you just like, you legit said, okay, I, yeah. got, I, gotta, get it, I gotta get this together. I think both of them had to do with relationships. Mm. You know, that'll do it. Yeah, I'll never forget this one time. I was like 21 or 22 and I was talking to this girl from, um, we, she went to a different university, and um, she was really cool, and re, you know, really, she's a beautiful girl, and, and, um, and, and I knew that it was like an off-limits relationship. And, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can Everybody's we, like this. <laughs> can, can, can you unpack off-limits? Off-limits where I felt like God had said, like, this is not the one. Like, you know. So God will tell you that. I really God felt like God was like, this is not the one. And so, but I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's not the one, but I could still hang out. Hello. Right? Hello. So, so I was like, we'll just hang out. Well, one night we hung out. I get it. You know? I'm picking and up what so, you're putting down. And so, um, I'll never forget, you know, we hang out. We, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't sleep with her or anything. <laughs> but... But we made, we made out. And, and I'll never forget driving home and mm. crying. Wow. And feeling, you know, just wow. convicted. Wow. And feeling like, you know, when you're 22 wow. and you mess up, you're like, I'll never be used by God ever wow. again. Wow. You, you know, know but I, I really felt that. I really felt like, hey, man, like, that's the stuff you did when you were 16. 100%. Yeah, 100%. You know, that's like the, old, that's the old you. Wow, man. Like, you're like... I was a youth pastor at the time. Like, bro, you're like, really? Wow. And you can't do that stuff anymore. Wow. So I think all the wake-ups I had, all the wake-up calls I had were attached to relationships. I love that. Yeah. Um, so you said something that was really, really key, I think, that you said, I, I felt this thing inside of me that just said, like, you don't do this. Yeah. This isn't who you are. Yep. And I think that there's been 
a little bit of a lapse in understanding from one generation to the next on how to decipher the sense of conviction mm. from the sense of guilt and shame. Great. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes we'll sense the nature that we have, right? Because when you're born again and you bring Jesus into your life and believe in his finished work, he changes your nature. And what you used to do mm. before that never bothered you. Right. Now, after you're that salvation moment, that grace point, mm. like it bothers you now. Right. Yep. And there's this different nature inside of you. And I think because sometimes we're not as developed as we are, we're not as aware as we are. We don't have good discipleship. Mm. By the way, Pastor Chad mentioned community. You learn you you get free in, yeah. in, in a moment with Jesus, but you live deliverance in community. Hundred percent. Right. That's what that's 100%. that's what we believe in when we talk about connect groups. When you hear us talk about connect groups at church on Sunday mornings and you're going to hear us talk about connect groups here at Prime, that's going to be a big part of your life. We're going to call them circles and we're going to ask you to check your circle. OK, um, but when you before you learn to put language to it or before right. you learn to define what you're feeling, a lot of times we go to the emotional moment mm. and, and we go to. The emotional response is like, man, I must be a horrible, dirty person. Right. And help us a little bit, man. Help us differentiate the conviction of God in that moment. Like, hey, Chad, you're not this, man. Yeah. You're not that 16-year-old. Yeah. Whatever. You're a man. And yeah. You're a man of God. You're a child of God. From the voice of shame and guilt, like, man, I'm so dumb. I'm so yeah, broke. Yeah. I'm so Does that make sense? Totally. I think, you know, the reality is, is like, shame is such a bully. Hmm. Like you ever meet a bull, like like a bully, and shame will just like, man, it'll beat you up. Absolutely. And I always know, I always know it's that side when I feel really bad about myself. You know, like you're an idiot, wow. you're dumb. How could you do that? Why wow. would you say that? That's shame. Wow. Shame wants to beat you down wow. and make you feel bad. Wow. Conviction is from God, and conviction actually makes me see a better day. Yeah makes me actually put my eyes on Jesus. So good. And I really feel like, so what is the role of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. So, good. so even in your sin, the Holy Spirit will point you to your Savior. Come on. And so you don't, you don't need to be, you know, 1 a.m. at this girl's house. You look at Jesus. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a big call for your future. And so he'll point me to something bigger and something better, not just beat me up about my mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the difference is starting to understand like, hey, if I let shame, any one of us, if we let shame come in, it will just, you know, make us feel terrible. Wow. You know, it's like a lot of you are cowboy fans. You, you, you. <laughs> wow. Ellie Rams, let's go. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. <laughs> But I felt like some, reminding somebody, you've been bullied for years. <laughs> I couldn't wait to say it. <laughs> Come but, on, man. But I think, I think it's really important that, you, you know, when you hear voices, it's very important that you can determine whose voice is that. Like, who, who was saying that today? Um, Marcos Witt can still hear his dad's voice. Sheesh. Show me scripture and verse. Sheesh. Chapter and verse. Yeah. Wow. So sometimes you got to go like, is that my dad's voice? Wow. You know? Is that the voice of God? 
Or is that, is that the enemy? And you got to, or is that just me talking to me? Yeah. You got to really determine because I always know when it's God because it sounds like life. Come on. The spirit is life. So if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, does he speak death? Wow. He speaks life. So I know it's God because I go, oh, yeah, he's speaking life over so me. Good, not punishment, not so guilt, good. not shame, not condemnation. He's saying there's life here. And I know that's God. That's so great. That's so great. Let me, let me, if we can park it and just hover there a little bit on just hearing God, right? Yeah. So I'm sure as a pastor, you get asked that all the time, right? Like, how do I hear God? What does God sound like? So God sounds like life. Yeah. Love that. Absolutely. Um, but where does the voice of God come from? What are, what are some sources? What are some, some places that, yeah. we, that we can practically on a regular basis say, okay, I'm going to go draw from that place yeah. and trust that that's God's voice for me. Right. Well, I think number one, Pastor Jared said it so well. Like God speaks loudest and clearest through his word. Amen. Like, so just number one, there's not a better way that you're going to hear the voice of God than through his word. He speaks loudest and clearest through his words. So, so we go into that source. 100%. But then God can speak through anything. Like in the Bible, he spoke through a donkey. So God can use, he can use, I always think God can use movies to speak to me. Hmm. He can use music. He can use circumstance. He can use community. God can use conversation. God can use whatever he wants so to good. speak to me, but he speaks the loudest and clearest through his word. Love that. I love that. So I'm always so that's why and God will speak through pastors. Cuz what are pastors speaking? The word of God. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. and what does it say in the Bible? It says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So my faith gets built when the word of God goes forward cuz he speaks loudest and clearest through his word. Love that. He can use anything. You can be out in a walk in the middle of you know, a park and be like, wow, creation is speaking to me right wow. now. I can be at a hospital and praying over somebody that's about to die and this circumstance is speaking to me. Wow. I can sit some, with somebody that just had an affair and this devastation of decision wow. is speaking to me. So God can use anything to speak to us, but he speaks loudest and clearest through his word. Wow. So essentially, come on. I heard, let me just say this real fast. I heard someone say this when I was in Bible college. I think it's so good. God, he's, this guy said, God is always trying to talk to you. Yeah. So you don't need to ask God, God, speak to me. Yeah. All you need to ask God is, God, give me strength to hear your 100%. voice. 100%. Because he's always trying to talk to us. 100%. Je Jesus, Jesus said it. He said, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. And the voice of another man, they won't heed or follow but I've got to be submitted to the shepherd and I've got to be able to say that's my shepherd that's yep. the voice that I follow yep. how do you how do you teach young professionals and young leaders and young brilliant minds to say look there's gonna there's a lot of jockeying for your will there's a lot of jockeying your attention for your attention and your focus yep. your money yep. I mean your dreams yep. How do you get them to come back? Obviously, it's through the word, but how yeah. do we convince them, bring them, draw them, and say, yeah. look, you have to choose to be submitted yeah. to this shepherd and his voice that comes through yeah. his word. Like, where do we start, man? Yeah. I, one of my favorite lines, Pastor Jensen uh, Franklin says this. He calls it weapons of mass dis dis uh, distraction. Let's go. Let's go. And I, I really go. think um, 
probably the hardest part of, of my life and yours is just silencing the noise. Hmm. You know, like, I just went on vacation to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Things that don't go together sometimes. Okay. Like, who goes to Idaho for vacation? What do you do in Idaho? Like, my wife's like, we're going to go to Idaho for vacation. And I was like, okay. why? What do you do there? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a lot of white people, man. A lot of white people. I get really uncomfortable around white people. They scare me, man. I'm being dead serious. Like, I just see white people, I'm like, ah, this is not good. This is not okay. So we were in Idaho. That was awesome. That's incredible. Good for you. Yeah, so we were in Idaho. Is it a Groupon? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, t I, I t uh, turned in my phone. And I took a week break from my phone. Wow. It's crazy how just like, you know, like in downtime, I'd just be like patting my, my pockets. Yeah. Like a crack yeah. addict. Like, where's it at? Yeah. Right, right. Fiending. And then, like, and then, like, you know, like, it, me, and, me and Pastor Rich were there, so we, you know, we took Instagram off our phones. Just that temptation. Big deal. It was crazy. Like, three, four days in, I'm like. Wow. I feel great about myself. Wow. <laughs> so good. Like, like, five days in, six, sorry, seven days in, I'm like. I don't think I'm ever going to use my phone again. Wow. You know? Wow. It, it's, it's a really interesting thing. There's so many voices begging for your attention. And I will, I will say, be very careful who you expose your life to. Because whether you realize it or not, they're influencing your decisions. What, what I know about me and what I know about you is we are very impressionable. Like, I could be in a conversation with somebody, and I'll bring up a friend. I'll be like, you know, I just saw so-and-so. And they go, you know. did you hear about so-and-so? Come on. No. <laughs> Why? Well, you're not so-and-so. And they're done two minutes later. I don't say nothing, but in my heart, I'm like, hate them. <laughs> they're gone. They're That's dead crazy. to me. They're dead to me. That's crazy. And, and here's why. Because I'm impressionable. And you're impressionable. And, and here's what you have to understand. Wow. When you are in our age demographic, like I'm 40 and I said us. <laughs> I I'm with it. I turned 40 it. in 40 days. You turned 40 in what? 20 days? 20 days. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. 40's the new 20. <laughs> like, <what is> it? <laughs> so... I feel like Jay-Z. But, um, <laughs> but I used to think, when I was growing up, I used to think, once I get past high school, I don't have to worry about peer pressure. Wow. Like, peer pressure is a high school thing. You have never been more exposed to peer pressure in your whole life. And we sit like this, and we're like, got to wear that. Wow. Need those shoes. Got to... Okay, oh, so that's what we're doing? Okay, yep, yep. And I got to, and, and the pressure you feel is from the influences in your life. I will be very careful about who you allow to be an influence in your life, who's a voice in your life. Be very careful.
It's a, I think it's a big deal. Uh, so let me ask. Let me ask this question. It's a little. It's kind of. I mean, it's a not personal, but it's it's kind of an intimate question. Like so, being being who you are, having the space that God has really just favored you and graced you to go into. I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to get in and get on. You know what I'm saying? Like trying mm -hmm. to get close to you, trying to be a voice or whatever. Right. How do you filter? Like, like what's, yeah. your, what's, your, what's like your litmus test, your Geiger counter on just like, nope, right. nope, nope, maybe. Yeah. Nope, nope. You know what I'm saying? How do yeah, you protect your circle? How do you protect your space? Man, I, I, you know, I think what's so great about relationships is that time always tells on people. <laughs> God, wait, hold on. Did you hear that? Like, it's just crazy. That's good. So, if you want chapter verse, wow. the Bible would say wow. it this way. Lay hands on no man suddenly. So, like, I always get scared about, like, people are, like, dating one week, dropping the L-bomb two week, engaged, like, two months, and I'm like... Hey. <laughs> Don't do it. No, nah, man. No. I think he's a creep. I really do. I don't think it's going to last. Like, you can fool. I always think somebody can fool me, mm. but you can't fool me for six months. Fantastic. Fantastic. Like, you can fool me for a little bit. Fantastic. But six months in, it's like, oh. Fantastic. I saw, I, there's the motive. There it is. There, uh, it there, is. there it is. There was a guy when we first started the church, this guy, he, he, you know, he had the car, he had, you know, business and blah, blah. And this guy's like, he's a really cool guy. I really liked him. He's like, come on, man, Laker game. I got a, you know, front row. Ball out. Let's go. Like, absolutely. Yes. So then we want to take, you You know, me, you, blah, blah, blah. We're going to steak dinner. Best place in L.A. I'm like, wow, this guy's, he's got money. I know he's a generous guy. But probably second time I hung out with him, I'm like, babe, all this generosity, he's hiding something. So then I start going like, oh, no. Six months later, this comes out. That mm. comes out. Restraining order. The girl comes. Blah, blah, blah. The baby. The, it's like, it's like, see, you got to roll slow with people. Come on. These are all relationships. Look, I love everybody. Drive slow, homie. Meeting people are so fun. New friends. Who, was, who said no new friends? Drake? Drizzy. As champagne That's, I don't like that. I don't like that. I love new friends. I love new... Don't you love meeting people? I'm just saying, with all new relationships, there is... You know, be cautious. Be slow. Be wise. Be, you know, understand what this could become. But we don't need to drop the L-bomb so quick. Fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, just be slow and sure. And I think, you know... For the most part, most people are so pure in their motives. I really believe that. Nobody's sitting at home going like, how am I going to get in with so-and-so, and what am I going to do? And no, Nobody's like, that's a weird place to be if you're conniving that way. Most people are great. Most people are awesome. Even if they are, let them come into your world yeah. slowly yeah. and let it be appropriate yeah. and not too quick. Otherwise, you'll live in a world of regret. Yeah. I'm really glad. Two times in, once we did the steak dinner, the Laker game was fun. The steak dinner, at the steak dinner, I go, Felt something's it. off. Felt it. We're not doing this. Felt it. You know, and the invites kept coming. Come on, let's take a trip here. Come on, we're going to go do it. Let's do that restaurant thing again. Ah, oh, man, let me check this calendar in my head. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. <laughs> so you can't say no to Absolutely. things you don't want to do. <laughs> you know, listen, 
here's the, here's the reality of life. Every opportunity you have is a good opportunity. But not every opportunity you have is a God opportunity. Not every opportunity. And, and at, at this stage of life, you've got to be really careful to stop saying yes to the good stuff. Because you will not have the energy and the reserve to say yes to the God stuff. And you will run your life dry and into the ground because you're busy doing the good stuff. And God has saved for you the God stuff. And I don't know about you. One of the greatest things you'll learn in this, I think this time, I started really learning, wow, my no is more powerful than my yes. When you say no to going out, you are putting a strength and a resource on your own life. You ought to be hard to get. You don't get coffee with everybody. You don't go to every single gathering. Wow. You don't go to every birthday party. Wow. Some of us, wow. you know, I know pastor's trying to Google it, but FOMO is killing your life. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on it. But, but I do not respect the person. I do not respect the person that says yes to everything. Wow. I respect the person that says, no, I can't come. No, I cannot make it. Wow. And there's a reason behind it. Why? I'm preserving my energy. I'm giving my whole life to what God has called me to. I, I know the relationship I'm investing into. Your no is more powerful than your yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys enjoying this? Yeah. It's the best, right? Well, it's 11.01 Great. p.m. It's 9 o'clock my body time. What? Ooh, let's go. I'm just getting warmed up. I love it. I love it. So let's, let's land the plane. Let's land the plane on, on this thought a little bit. So earlier I said this. As someone who, who's dear to me said, Cruz, I'm going to be the closest thing to a time machine. Yeah. Right? I love that. Um, look back 12, 15 years, right? 24, 25-year-old Chad. What's the thing that you say, thank you, God? Mm that you gave me the wherewithal, you gave me the awareness to say yes to this God opportunity. And that just kind of shaped life. Maybe it wasn't even a big old giant thing. Yeah. Right? Maybe it was a little hinge that a big door was connected to. Yeah. Right? Great. I think the first, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, my wife. That's the, that's the first thought. How long have you been married? 11 years and three weeks. How long have you been, been together? Three, no, no, no. 11 years, three weeks. In three weeks, it'll be 11 years. Wow. We're celebrating on, 11 man. years. So my wife and I grew up our whole lives together. So um, our dads, this is pretty cool. Our dads got saved together in college, filled with the Holy Spirit together in college, got called to the ministry together, and our parents got married on the same day, same year, same hour. And so we That's grew uncanny. up, like wow. I grew up in the tub with my wife. You know what I mean? Like, she's been checking me out for a long time, bro. Long time. You know what I'm saying? Good for you. So, so, so our families, but our families only got together to celebrate Thanksgiving every year. So I knew her my whole life growing up. Well, I moved to L.A. right out of high school, and, and I stayed there and was a youth pastor and whatnot. And so I missed all, seven straight Thanksgivings. So one Thanksgiving, I'm sitting at the table like this with my wife catching up on this, you know, lifelong friend. And the next year at the Thanksgiving table, we're sitting there married. And when I started to date my wife, my dad called me. 
He said, listen here. <laughs> listen up, young blood. Don't you mess this up. These are our family friends. Wow. But I, I, really, I really just knew. Like, I, I, I looked at my, I, my, my friend then. I looked at this. And I just, I knew, like, this is, this, I've been saving myself. For this girl right here. I've been looking high and low for this girl right here. I have been praying and asking God for a wife. I was 28. I got married as a 28-year-old virgin. Hello. Hello. I was rocking my V-card. And so I, I started to date her and pursue her. And meeting my wife. All the people that I know now are a direct relation to my wife. Incredible. She opened up a, a, such a bigger world. I didn't know how to dress to save my life. <laughs> and so she would start to go, wear this, wear that. She, I, I, I would come, you know, to take her out. And she'd go, what are you wearing? Hey, nothing hits a guy's ego like when the girl said, what are you wearing? <laughs> and so I just got pummeled. But she... she, she she taught me class. She taught me um, a bigger world, a better life. Um, so much, just it, the relationships that we have. So that, would, I'll, th that decision, I will, I will, I'll forever be grateful for that moment of saying, you know, I'm going to walk through this door. And I will say this, you know, to the, to the young men that are getting, you know, saving themselves and waiting for a wife and praying for a wife. When you see that, when that moment happens, when you're dating somebody, you go like, I know that this is not just a, who I'm dating right now. This is a serious relationship. Do everything you can to get your life ready. Because yeah. that moment, I was like, this is it. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's saying it changed the way I spent my money. It changed the way I spent my time. It changed my whole life. Yeah. Why? Because now I'm, I'm preparing for a moment of engagement. It's not going to happen for a long time. But I started getting ready right then and there. Because I said, I'm, I'm in. I'm all the way in right there. I'm all the way in. How, so she was not in. Come on. I'll never forget. You know, when I first started to take her out. And I'd, you know, take her to dinner and the movies and all this. And then at the end of the night, you know. <laughs> I try to get a hug. And she used to just pat me on the shoulder. <laughs> I just go home like this. But it didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter. I'm like, you're my wife. I can't tell you that, Let's but go. you're my wife. And I'm going to pursue you and win you over. And it's the best decision I ever made. Incredible. Yeah. And that was a dom Pastor Charles teaches the domino effect. Oh, right? the domino. And crazy. that just. Crazy. Crazy. Incredible. Crazy. Incredible. Wow. Brilliant. Chad, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you. Wow. It's phenomenal. So, so good. You know,